Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we're back. We're back. If you're listening to us as these episodes drop in 2022, again, if you're listening to this in 2025, you're like, where'd you go? I just listened. I just, yeah. I just listened to chapter 37 of book four. Now I'm on to book five. I just clicked What are you next. talking about? Took 30 seconds. You didn't go anywhere. Yeah, we kind of did, though. But if you're listening to us as these drop, see, that's a uh, podcast lingo, Jess. Oh, yes. I'm a big famous podcaster. I thought that meant you dropped it on the floor. I may have done that, too, to technology hmm. associated with this podcast. That's not good. But we've been off for a couple weeks, a couple things going on. Uh, Jess, you got COVID again. <laughs> News just coming in over the wire. Yes, I did, Daniel. Just has COVID for the second time that we know of. You know, you could have had it another yeah, time. Yeah, had the sniffles sometime or something. I feel, I was telling my mom today, she mm-hmm. said, and you didn't, you didn't feel bad? I said, Mom, I feel bad every day. I don't know if I have COVID or not. <laughs> I did, I did the rapid test every day and I was negative and you isolated and we did, we got kind of lucky because you would. We're going out of town, and we didn't interact much on the day that you think that you might have started feeling bad. Yeah. Well, no, you, you the day I felt started feeling bad, I was out of town. Well, the day that I guess it had worked its way into your system. Yeah. I think I got exposed much. on Thursday, and on Friday we barely saw each other because mm-hmm. it was just a quick high in the we're morning. Just, we're married, and you don't like seeing me that much anymore. <laughs> we've been married and then for after work, I left years. town. I like immediately left town. So, um, yeah, but I have to say, um, I knew I had COVID. It was, it wasn't anything like the first time, mm. but it was still, I was still sick. I mean, I thought it was like you the worst, was sh- I thought it was like the worst throat. case of strep yeah. I'd ever had, which doesn't say much because I only had strep once. It's pretty bad. But it it's was like pretty bad. sore throat you can Yeah, uh, it was completely have. swollen. Like, I couldn't hardly swallow anything. Mm. It was all Slurpees on Saturday, on Sunday when I was Quit feeling so bad. Just your Slurpee diet. <laughs> My Slurpee Slimming diet. Slimming down on your Slurpee diet. Um, Yeah, and then the fever started, and I felt pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. But it passed... Um, Fairly quickly. You know, within a, less than a week. Yeah. When we got sick a couple years ago, we were, like, on our butts for three and a half weeks. Yeah. And still having long-term uh, effects of that. But, you know, I think this, you know, maybe I don't want to upset half of our audience if we have any anti-vaxxers in the audience. But get vaccinated because it probably helped made things better for you. Yeah. I would think that the 
the anti-vaxxers would probably say that you just got better. Oh, you got vaccinated and then you got sick, so obviously it didn't work. Um, yeah, or they but it would, didn't or die. Or they would say, well, you you know, it's not that bad. That's why you didn't weren't sick for that long. That's just like having the flu. Mm-hmm. But if we follow the science, then it stands to reason that maybe getting vaccinated and boosted uh, helped you not uh, be worse for wear for too long. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have any... It, it went around our school again, which is where I got it the first time. Um, Schools are petri dishes for stuff like that. germ fests there. And uh, five teachers went out at the same time, basically, within a day or two of each other. How many of them you think really were sick? Or how many of them think saw as an opportunity to uh, well, take some days off? We see, know teachers don't like working, I, I do know this. I know teachers this Teachers don't like going to work. But the one that was there and sick tried to go home, and um, apparently we don't follow COVID protocol anymore, so they didn't let her go home, and I think that's who infected most of us. Mm, patient zero. Patient zero. Um, and then one I could I could see, actually. <laughs> now, that, now that you mention it, there's another one that I'm like, mm, maybe. Maybe it was just Like, convenient. me too. I'm sick too. Me too. Um, and then... I, then one is confirmed on her Facebook. She was very upset about having to miss her daughter's prom pictures or something because she had COVID. And um, we'll Photoshop, Photoshop her in later. Photoshop, yeah, it's fine. We got technology. Could even for like that. T- touch her up and like make her look even better than she would have looked in the live pictures. There you so. go. Silver um, lining. And then the one, one of the other ones, she still doesn't feel very well. Mm. Like she's kind of, it's kind of lingering for her. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no joke, you know, and maybe maybe it is possible that you might have your system might respond differently because you had it so bad a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. We, we still don't know the long term science of that, but uh, we're glad you're feeling better. We're glad we're back. We This has been Medical Chat with Dan and Jess. Thanks for listening, yep. everybody, uh, to the first episode of Med Chat oh, with Dan and I Jess. I think we, you uploaded the wrong one on the wrong. Oh, this is a Harry Potter this, podcast. Yeah. Harry Potter. And, Wrong notes. And we're uh, starting. Oh, let me get the right notes here. <laughs> world class sound effects here in our world class studio at the Palatial Rhino Estates. Glad to be back. Dan Rhino, Just Rhino, Broomsticks and Butterbeer. As we wrapped up book four last time and moving into book five, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Daniel, I'm excited. Are you? Yes. Okay. I like this book. I'll tell you what. The the book didn't waste time in, in getting things going. No. Like, like the last one. Did. Actually, I I was thinking about it today. So I took I took the book with me to school in case I had time mm. to read it because I knew we wanted to um, record tonight. Speaking of which, I did my notes on my lunch break at school. There you go. <laughs> um, so I did not read it at school. I read it just now. But there was... A couple of minutes, I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like I need to read this chapter. I remember all this stuff. Mm. Like, I don't know. This... So you didn't read it? No, I did read it. You just <laughs> saw me read it. Um, Yeah, but no, I just, I remember this very vividly. And I know, I don't know if it's just because they did a fairly good job with it in the movies. That helped. But... And I've, you know, heard some trivia facts about the scene and stuff like that. And I don't know. This this chapter just really is stuck in my brain. I'm excited about it, too, because honestly, this is probably 
one of the movies and one of, and I guess by extension, one of the books that I know and remember the least about. Really? Yeah. So I'm, you know, bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. See, I feel it's stuck. This one's stuck in my brain the most. Well, let's get into it. Okay. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 1, Dudley Demented. Well, we all knew that. Yeah. But he's going to be, like, literally <laughs> here what? in a few pages. Uh, it's the summer after year four, and Harry is not with the Weasleys. He's not with Hermione. He's not with his friends. Harry is still living with the Dursleys and being treated like a second-class citizen. But it was alluded to in the at the end of the last book that Dumbledore has his reasons yes. for everything that he does. Everything right? is by design. So if he Dumbledore's ten steps ahead. If Dumbledore want if Harry is with the Dursleys, it's because Dumbledore has a reason for. Harry being with the Dursleys. And what's... Uh, I say that the, the action starts pretty quick in this book, but we do start with, at the very beginning, Harry... Uh, I want to lay you down in a bed of roses. <laughs> wow. What's, what's Harry doing lying in a bed of flowers? Uh, chapter he's, one. He's spying. He's eavesdropping. Okay. Of course. Of course. As one does. Yeah, as all the great spies do. <laughs> you lay in flowers and hide. Um, he's trying to catch a bit of the news. Oh, on the telly. Yeah, on the telly. Uh, but his aunt and uncle don't think that this is a proper activity for a young boy because young boys don't care about the news. And if they do, that means something's wrong with them. There's clearly something wrong because Dudley doesn't care. Dudley wouldn't sit down and watch the news if they paid him. So, obviously Harry's up to something. So Harry has been... No good. Harry has been trying to be in the same room as Uncle Vernon and, and his Aunt Petunia but to watch the news, but it just kind of got to... They didn't want him there. He doesn't like being around them. So they it, would glare at him, uh, dirty looks, grinding teeth, yelling questions at him. What are you doing? Why are you in here? What are you up to? So laying and for so tip tiptoeing through the tulips is <laughs> tiptoe through the tulips. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Who did that song? Was that Tiny Tim? I Who don't even song? know. I thought you just made that up. <laughs> you don't know that song? No. Tiptoe through the tulips by the window while I'm listening to the news. <laughs> I'm waiting for the beat that, to that drop. That part I made up, but. <laughs> I'll, oh. I'll I'll play it uh, here at the at the end of the episode. I'll tack it on to the, to the end there. Bet they can't wait. But uh, Harry's laying in a bed of flowers, listening to the news, and he's he's doing this because he's trying to hear any hint of anything going on as far as Voldemort. Right. He's basically waiting for the world to start ending. He's waiting waiting for the other shoot to drop. Yeah. Like okay, he's back. He's he's gonna be doing some bad stuff, right? Where's he at? Where's the bad stuff? What's happening? But for something magical to be on the news, we'd be looking for stuff more subtle, right? Yeah, unexplainable like, phenomenons. It, would, it wouldn't be like dark wizards attacking the Tower of London or something like yeah. that. But maybe the Tower of London caught fire and nobody can figure out why. That's something like that. So we're looking for things like maybe mysterious 
disappearances, like you said, like unexplained weird things. It it's not going to be the Muggle world coming to the realization that magic is real and the Dark Lord is here to yeah, to no. kill us, right? That's not what he's listening. For. Yeah, he's just he's listening for the more subtle things. So he's listening with a with a different ear than Vernon and Petunia are for sure. And another uh, positive about tip throw, tiptoeing to, through the tulips, easy for me to say, is also trying to avoid Mrs. Fig. Apparently, the batty old neighbor is always trying to invite Harry over for tea. Do you yet you remember her? I no, I don't. I she's, actually have that in my notes at the end of the chapter here. You no, know, we remember she's from the first couple of books where Harry used to have to go oh, and be. In, the, she was the babysitter. He you didn't like meet her, but he would talk about her. Like whenever oh, Dudley man. was getting to go do something fun, and they didn't want to take Harry. I'm gonna have to go back and read the books again. <laughs> <laughs> Then he had to go sit, she had to babysit him, and she was the crazy cat lady, and he had to look at photo albums of her cats and hear about Mr. Sprinkle Whiskers, and and he hated going over there. Mm. Well, you learn something new every day, I guess. But you already knew it, you just forgot. Maybe I put in my pensieve and never looked at it again. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I'll never need that one again. Suck that memory out, threw it in the pensieve, and then the dog uh, thought it was water and drank it. I go, no, 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 no! <laughs> Poor dog. That's my memory. <laughs> Poor Woo. Why do I keep thinking about this lady with cats? <laughs> uh, Dudley has grown up a bit. Yeah. He's a full-blown teenager now with all the hormones that come with it. Yeah. And, and I guess he's, like, fit? Yeah. Fit? Not, not as... Uh, not as uh, portly yeah. anymore. Said a hardcore dieting or some sort of phrase like that. Mm-hmm. And then now he's uh, a boxer. Mm-hmm. So he's an athlete at school. Yeah. I assume he has to do like some weight training and I mean, cardio. Like, you know, and their boxing is, I mean, they have entire fitness regimes that are centered around boxing just because it's so good for you know cardio and strength building and and things like that and uh you know i mean you've seen like cardio kickboxing and things like that that kind of was like a a fad with the the dvds there for a while uh kids dvds are these uh round coaster looking things that uh used to play magically um, store information (laughs) they used to store motion pictures on what i thought it was just music Nope. But Dudley has his parents thinking that he's regularly out for, like, sophisticated tea with his friends, right? That's not the case. (laughs) Not even close. No, (laughs) he's out terrorizing the neighborhood, beating up small children. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrorize the neighborhood. Um, It's pretty extreme. Like, they're vandalizing things and breaking things and throwing rocks at cars, like, that nobody's ever stopped and like called the police and said these kids are throwing rocks at my car. I imagine these hooligans like walking around in like uh, tank tops and like uh, derby hats and like <laughs> going around like one of them's flipping a coin. Yeah, the, su- the suspenders. <laughs> one only- of, one of, they call me Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them just constantly flipping a quarter. Yes, definitely. rolling it on his knuckles, and they're leaning up against the wall with like one foot on the wall, like looking really cool. But they have expensive racing bikes, too. They do. So, you gotta factor that into the the picture. 
the bullies usually do have the good racing bikes because the the poor kids getting bullied can't ever escape because they've got the shoddy uh, two wheel modes of transportation. Or did they steal the racing bikes? I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. from the poor kid who now can't get away. So Dudley, like you said, is some sort of boxing champion now, and he spends his day beating up people smaller than him, but now he does it in a much more efficient way. Yes. <laughs> so he, he's, he was always, you know, bullying people smaller than him. He's been doing it to Harry, Harry's whole life. But now uh, Dudley, when he's punching you and beating you up, he's more accurate and he's, more efficient with his energy. He's developed that natural talent that That's he has. True. That's true. There was something... That I almost just kind of skirted over in the book, but I put it in my notes here, and it's right here in the middle because it kind of goes in chronological order. Did you notice the kind of racist comment that Vernon makes about something that was on the news? Oh, yes. Yes, I, I, yes, I did notice that. Uh, the news was talking about Spanish baggage handlers strike at the airport, and Vernon says, give them a lifelong siesta. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Wow. So you want... You like, want these people that are on strike to die. To die. Yeah, I was like... And you say it, it as a siesta, which is kind of a racist, you know, way to, to go yeah. about saying what's on your mind. Yeah. Well, I think it was definitely meant in a racist way. Yeah. Um, I just thought I just thought that that was kind of... You know, that was probably something that you wouldn't have seen, a line you wouldn't have seen in the first book. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the second book, but as we're getting into more, some more mature themes here, definitely, you know, I think that we've talked about in the past how J.K. Rowling's universe that she's built here very much mirrors our universe here in real life. There's there's the the class system, there's the racism, there's uh, systemic issues with government, there's there's all kinds of things that that mirror real life. And it kind of something that that maybe that it stuck out to me and something that maybe I want to keep an eye on going forward with these books that some more some more of these like real life issues uh, may pop up in the fictional characters that we are interacting with here. Yeah, I think they're definitely more noticeable going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, before it was kind of there, but it was kind of covered up in this cutesy way Mm -hmm. where. We're kind of, it's kind of like the, the Lorax in the trees. Hey, kids, don't cut down the trees mm-hmm. because we're trying to not have global warming and full deforestation and all this, the big things, but they're kind of hidden up in a mm-hmm. little cutesy way. I feel like that's the first couple of books, but now it's going to be more blatant and clear what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the first, first mark there. It's like, here, this is what the book's going to be like. Well, you mentioned Harry is listening to the news for any kind of hint that that Voldemort is Voldemort's been pretty silent since the graveyard in the in the last book, and we know that Harry's not going to get any news from the Daily Prophet because the the information cycle is being uh, the news cycle is being controlled pretty much by the Ministry, and they don't want anybody even thinking Cornelius Fudge in particular that Voldemort is back. And Harry is pretty much in a constant state of high alert, knowing that the Voldemort invasion of the world is is coming at any time. That's got to be like super exhausting for him, right? Just meant, just mentally and emotionally, and probably even physically a little bit too. It probably makes you not want to eat, not want to, you know, probably uh, restless nights, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm trying to think of how I would feel reading this for the first time. Like, obviously, we read the last chapter of the last book and we saw that this is a big problem. That Fudge is really going to refuse to acknowledge this and everything. And then, of course, I know going forward that it's even bigger. But I'm trying to decide how I would be feeling. I feel like Harry is himself is almost in a little bit of denial. Like he's like, oh, something big's going to happen and they're not going to be able to ignore this anymore. And then it's going to be front page news. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not really the case. Things I, are happening and it's getting covered up. They're still refusing to acknowledge it. But he's sitting there waiting for, like you said, the other shoe to drop. He's waiting for that big thing. So then at least there can be some action. But you know, having read the books, and me, and I know having seen the movies but not remembering too much about them. But you know the progression of Right, that happens. things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. Yes. But I think he kind of feels like nothing's happening because he's not hearing anything, because there's no front page news. I kind of was like kind of like kicking at Harry going, don't, because he said he just reads the front page of the Daily Prophet. He doesn't read anything else. I'm like, you probably need to be going through that and looking for clues. Looking for little subtle things. Just as much as you're going through and listening to the regular news. I didn't even think of that. Because it's not going to be front page news, but he's not looking at it like that. He's thinking something big's going to happen and that's it. It's going to be all over. Everybody's going to know. There's a huge echoing crack sound, and Harry thinks, this is it. Voldemort's here. Harry unsheathes his wand, ready for battle, in plain view of the entire neighborhood. He's no longer tiptoeing through the tulips. He's ready. And Uncle Vernon, having been uh, distracted or uh, noticing the, the sound as well, looks out the window and sees Harry out the window with his wand out and reaches through the open window and pretty much tries to murder Harry. Yes. I had kind of had a problem with this part of it. The attempted murder? No. No. <laughs> I like murder. <laughs> um, no. So they made it sound like this big, loud crack. Like, uh, So he, uh, Vernon says that the a car backfired. Mm. There's other neighbors looking outside that it was so incredibly loud. And later Harry's trying to figure out what it is. And he said it sounds sounded like the same noise that made when, when Dobby would pop in and out. Mm-hmm. He said when somebody would uh, disapparate or apparate. Mm-hmm. But we, it's never been a super big loud noise in the past. And all of a sudden it's like a sonic boom. Yeah. Dobby's popped in to his bedroom while everybody else was downstairs and nobody noticed. Or he left the kitchen after the pudding incident and nobody noticed that. If that big crack noise happened in your living room, you would know. So I thought it was really odd that, I mean, I, I get what she was doing. She used it as a tool to make mm-hmm. something happen. But I just I was kind of disappointed with the the consistency there. Interesting. Uh, so Harry survives the attempted murder by <laughs> Uncle Vernon. Yeah. Uh, did Harry like do some kind of like little shock, like taser thing with his wand? Because it said that Vernon felt like a like a something go through his body and and let go. 
Yeah, I... Activate taser mode. I didn't really like that either, Daniel. Do you like this book, Jess? I love because this book. Because it seems like <laughs> I'm getting, we're not that far into the book. We're one, we're one chapter in. I'm not even done with the first, uh, the, the discussion of the first chapter. And you're already really kind of uh, expressing a Being lot of picky? disdain for Being this picky? book. Being No, I just, okay. So we've in the very first book harry does magic without really without meaning to mm-hmm. actually he does it several times he doesn't even have a wand yet and he does magic without meaning to and i think that's what she's implying here that like it had nothing to do with him holding his wand this was the the magic that harry can do just because he's a wizard and but i don't know it just seems weird i'm like okay well if he could have done that then all these other times that he was being physically harmed or choked couldn't he have done it then i was just a little like "Mm, i'm not sure that fits harry is uh a little perturbed with his friends right now isn't he can you expand on that a little bit um he is getting mail from his friends, but it basically doesn't say anything other than, hey, there's a lot going on, but we can't tell you right now. We're doing things, but we can't explain what it is because somebody might intercept our letters. Everybody's telling us not to give you any details because somebody might read our letters. We're this, Lots of things are happening, but we can't tell you. We'll tell you when we see you. I mean, it's just very vague. But also kind of teasing at the same time. Like, maybe just don't tell him anything. He, uh, Harry's kind of seems like he's almost taking it personally, though, that, you know, why are are my friends ghosting me right now in this really important time? And I'm already feeling like I'm on an island here with nobody to care that cares for me here with Dursleys. And now the people that do care about me are being really coy with their their messages. Yeah, I feel like that's part of, partly like you were saying, how stressed he is and how on Mm -hmm. edge he is. So it's like every little thing's going to irritate him. He's annoyed that Ron and Marnie seem to be in the same place, doing things that he can't be a part of or know about. He's annoyed with Sirius because Sirius is telling him... He's at least a little more compassionate about it, understanding about it. Like, I know this is frustrating, but... Sorry, you can't be a part of what we're doing right now. You have to stay there, be good, don't do anything rash, which is basically, Harry basically translates to don't do anything that I would do because later he even says, like, Sirius would totally be doing mm-hmm. something rash right now and I have to sit here and be good. Okay. Uh, Harry runs from the Dursley's house after the attempted murder, as one does, and goes and sits alone in the park. And Harry can hear Dudley and his crew of minions. Once the crew disperses, Harry walks back home with Dudley. What's the dynamic of the Harry-Dudley relationship at this point? You know, what what can and can't they do to one another? Uh, what are they... You know, it's always been kind of the, the power dynamic has always kind of been in, in Dudley's favor until the magic thing came into play. And then it kind of shifted back to Harry a little bit. But now that Dudley's kind of beefed up a little bit and got some more confidence, what's kind of the dynamic in, in their relationship? Um, well, yeah, Dudley definitely says, I could punch you and it could really hurt. Like, I know he's basically saying, I've been training. I know how to punch you. I will make it hurt. But 
he's also afraid of what Harry can do with his wand. Even though he knows Harry's not supposed to use his wand. I mean, Dudley's also probably not supposed to hit people. So, you know, if Dudley's not supposed to hit people with his newfound skills. Got ourselves a standoff here. (laughs) And he still does. What's to say Harry won't do it too? Break those kinds of rules too. So neither, both of them know that the other one has the potential to do some damage, but neither one kind of wants to fire the first shot? Um, I don't know. I was a little disappointed with Harry here. I know that he is upset. He's stressed. I've got this in my notes. But he's clearly gunning for a fight. Even after the Vernon thing, Mm -hmm. he shoots uh, an insult at Vernon that he wouldn't normally shoot. Mm-hmm. Not Grant. Okay, we got teenage boys now. We all know that yep. they got a little little the mouths. Absolutely, they all the got worst. a mouth and attitude. But so this is Harry's version, and but I'm also like, why are you just trying to make things mm-hmm. harder on yourself? Harry is really pushing Dudley's buttons in this mm-hmm. chapter. It's, it's it's really out of character for for Harry. But like you said, he's very stressed right now, mm-hmm. and I feel like he knows he can't use his wand. But he still wants to push Dudley just kind of to get back at him, make him squirm, see how far he can push him. I mean, I know he's totally not, but he's basically bullying Dudley. Mm-hmm. He is. He's Harry's kind of it really a jerk in this chapter. They're almost trying to goad Dudley into a fight, like you said. So I'm going to set you up for a bit of both situation here. Is this just Harry's frustration with everything that's going on? You know, being with the Dursleys, being not being with his friends, his friends being so secretive and, and cryptic, Sirius telling Harry to keep his nose clean. Is this just the boiling over of, of years of pent-up frustration from living with the Dur- Dursleys and specifically Dudley, or a bit of both? I think that's an all of the above. I think you <laughs> had more than two things there. So, yeah, a bit of both, okay. but also all of the above. There was a line, I know we like to have fun with some of the lines that are in these books and, and whether they are the same in, in our versions of uh, the books that we're reading. Yeah, I had to stop and double check, but so far all of them I saw were the same. Harry asks, well, why were you, Dudley, why were you beating up that, that kid that was you know, so much smaller and younger than you? And Dudley said, he cheeked me. He cheeked me, man. He cheeked me. And Harry <laughs> responds by saying, "That's not cheek. That's true." Yeah, he said, "What? He, did he say you look like a pig that's been trained to walk on two legs? <laughs> because that's not a cheek. That's true." So apparently, cheek is like a like a like a put a, down, a put down, an inappropriate comment towards somebody. An insult. I've never I've never heard that. He cheeked me. Cheeked me. I feel like it's somebody going up and doing that, you know, the quick slap on the cheek. Hmm. Gotcha. Or like with a glove. They <laughs> take Ooh. a glove off. A white glove. So as it looks like we're about to have a fight between Dudley and Harry, which Harry is very much instigating here, all the streetlights go out. Even the moon and stars aren't shining anymore. What? Dudley thinks this is Harry's doing. <laughs> and Harry for a second thinks he is. He thought there was a line in there he's like, where he thought maybe he had done magic on accident, even mm-hmm. though he was trying not to. 
And I feel like maybe that's why she put it in there with the Vernon thing. Mm-hmm. Because she was just kind of reminding us that it's possible. So that she could have this moment. But um, then he had to remind himself that I can't turn the stars off. Oh, yeah, that's one thing I can't do. That's kind of... (laughs) Magic's pretty cool, but it hasn't figured out how to turn the stars off yet. I'm like, oh, Harry, you're a little full of yourself there. So this is what Harry's been worried about. Dementors are here. Well, not specifically this, but yeah, he was worried something was going to happen. But he's clearly very shocked. He's like, how could they be here? How is this possible? He's worried that bad stuff was going to happen, and it has. Dementors are... On Privet Drive. In some dark alley. Expecto Patronum time. And Harry has a bit of trouble with the spell that he's used so well before. (laughs) Is that what happened? Yeah. (laughs) What what was the deal here? Harry, I thought, had mastered this spell, but he really has a hard time uh, casting it. Mm, I don't know if mastered is the right term, because even the... At the only one time he used it to save Sirius. He's a pretty powerful Patronus charm. And yeah, though. it was really powerful. But I think he still had trouble with it up until that point. But he managed to pull it out in that life or death moment. I guess I kind of just figured like once they had done it once and done it well that they had kind of gotten it. Not for this one. I Because it comes from a happy memory, I think you have to have your mind in the right spot. Face for it. Glad you said that because we got a pretty cool email today. <gasps> what? A foreshadowing there. How about that? My other question about this spell, specifically how it's used in this chapter, is that seemingly once Harry unleashes it, you don't have to summon the Patronus again because Harry just seemed like, all right, now the stag is here. Now I can just like order it around. Yeah. What's that? What's I thought that you would like expecto patronum. Oh, there's another dementor. Expecto patronum. There's another expecto patronum. No, I think I think I liked the way they portrayed it in the movie a little better though because it still seemed to be connected to his wand mm-hmm. and then he swung it around and mm-hmm. pointed it in another direction instead of just yelling was, at it like hey, he did. Hey, hey, come here. Who's a good boy? Come here. Who's a good here. boy? Who's a good boy? And, and here, here comes, comes here comes Nightwing. I'm You're a good, good boy. boy. You are a good boy. Oh, baby. It's like, were you guys looking for a good boy? I'm right here. I just thought that was kind of. He was like, no, no, go over there. Go to, over to there. To the other Dementor that's trying to suck Dudley's soul out. And that might have just been like a panicky moment for him. Like he's trying to. To get it to go, and he doesn't really know how, but just the natural instinct is to yell at it, I guess. But, um, yeah, I I don't know, I like the movie version better there, where it's kind of him directing it with the wand. Well, Dudley almost bites the dust here, but Harry's able to fend off the Dementors uh, before anything too bad happens. And at the very end of the chapter, once the dust settles, that batty old Mrs. Fig shows up. Hey, remember her? Uh yeah, she was uh used to babysit Harry. <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that. She's like an old cat lady, used to like make him look through the books and stuff, like photo albums and stuff oh. like that. I don't know if you remember that. I'm kind of a Harry Potter expert, so oh, okay. I remember little things like that. But she's not just checking on things as a concerned Muggle. 
seemingly. She seems to be aware of wizarding things, because she tells Harry to keep his wand out in case the Dementors come back. I didn't think she needed to call him an idiot, but, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know much about Mrs. Fig, but I do know that she's at least aware of wizarding things. And she's seemingly very upset with someone named Mundungus Fletcher. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> he can't be the worst. Mm. We've had a lot of people in this book that could be in, in contention for the worst. I haven't even met the gentleman, but he can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you like the dumbstrung teacher guy at the beginning. He ended up not be, not being so bad. <laughs> he ran away. He didn't join. He abandoned he the children join and ran Voldemort. away. Could have been worse. Could have gone on a murderous spree. Okay. I think I just liked his his attire. I was more I was more ve- oh. I was more vexed by his uh, his clothing choices. So we're going to find out more, no doubt, about Mrs. Fig and uh, Mr. Fletcher in the coming chapters. And I'm actually very excited about the prospects of both these characters because I don't really remember much about them. So I think that's pretty cool uh, for me to kind of discover. Of it. I, Are they prominent in the movies? I he, They're both in the movies, but I think very minimalized. And uh, that's pretty much the end of chapter one. Like you said... Uh, Started off a little slow with hanging out in the flowers, but by the end of the chapter, we got some pretty uh, big action here. Yeah. And it seems like we're not going to wait too long before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of what's going on. We're not going to do a side quest first? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. Probably not the time to, you know, go find a missing cat or something like that. Oh. Miss Big helped you out. You better help her out, too. Uh, we got an email here. Okay. Uh, emails always uh, can be sent to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter B. No spaces, no underscores. And this one comes from somebody who sent us emails before, Sam in Delaware. Hey, Sam. And Sam writes, you're performing a Patronus charm. What happy memory are you choosing? Probably one where I'm snuggling a puppy, mm-hmm. another Woo puppy, or that's Nightwing, his nickname's Woo, or, you know, one of our puppies at some point. I feel like puppy snuggling is, like, one of the best memories mm-hmm. you can get, like, it's just, like, pure endorphins, and, so, yeah, I'm thinking a puppy snuggling moment, uh, or getting a puppy for the first time. Mine's dog-related as well. Uh-huh. And it would be the the first time that I met uh, our former Yellow Lab, Crypto. I was, we were newly married. Yep. Uh, still, you know, struggling to make the, hadn't, hadn't got my first teaching job yet. <laughs> we were still struggling. So we're not making the big bucks yet? Struggling to make, uh, make ends meet. I was working at Lens Crafters at the mall. And uh, you called... She was my old uh, youth group leader, gave us a check for the wedding, Mm -hmm. and said, don't use this to pay bills, buy yourself something. So we bought a puppy. (laughs) 
And you asked me, are you called? I don't. I think you called my work. Yeah, I think you have to call, had to call the store even, at the time. I, yeah, I don't even think we were allowed to like have our cell phones or anything on us. And you asked if I could come outside for a second. And uh, so I asked if I could take a 10 minute break and I went outside and you come walking up with this uh, little yellow puppy that had grown dog paws, <laughs> but a puppy body. <laughs> and she was just so awkward, just da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. and she was just she immediately was my everything. And I, I you know, just get happy just thinking about it and all the great years we, we had together and it all started right right then. I went to go pick her up from the breeder in the middle of nowhere and I took I think just one of the regular wire crates, because that's what fit in my car at the time, was just the regular wire crates that the dogs ride in, our current dogs ride in every day when mm -hmm. we could take them in the car. Um, and I was like, ooh, she's not going to fit in this. <laughs> she was a puppy. I thought she would fit. And I mean, she had to fit. It, but yeah, it was. Those puppies. It was those a little, it was a little small puppy, for her. Uh, bones are very, like, uh, gelatinous you can yeah, just, you can manipulate them a little she, bit <laughs> she was always a little gel gelatinous she had a lot of hair or a lot of skin yeah you could just you could grab a handful of, of skin and just and pull it up like a foot mm -hmm. <laughs> away from her i was like someday little girl you're gonna grow into all that skin no <laughs> no she just kept growing yeah so that that would be my uh expecto patronum yeah i think that's just something magical about or you know if you're not a dog person a cat per cat person there's something about cuddling a puppy or a kitten mm -hmm. something something about pets are part of our family and you know i i guess some people would probably think about their children oh having a baby or something i don't know maybe we should ask kelly what was more exciting first time she held her baby or the first time she got the whole bit puppy posh i don't J jane's would be baby Jane, Jane's would be holding her baby because every time I see her with uh, her dog on Zoom or something like that, she's just kind of like, oh, get out of here. You stink. <laughs> but uh, I think that's going to do it for uh, that's a good question. I really like that. So, Sam, thanks for thanks for the question. Keep sending those in. I have a request. Butterbeer at gmail.com. Yep. I have a request for our emailers. Uh oh. I think they should include how they found us. Okay. If If they feel so inclined. They don't want to play the game. They don't want to, like, share all that information with you, Jess. You're kind of, like, getting into these people's lives. I just want to know. Did you just stumble upon us on... Or did you get a... Or did you meet us someplace at an event mm -hmm. or something like that? It might be fun to know. It would be fun to share. Uh, you and I attended... Uh, it was for formerly Wizard World Convention, now Fan Expo in St. Louis uh, here... Here in uh, May of 2020. So we want to thank them for having us. Uh, Room 6 and Butterbeer was in the house with the with the press credentials. Mm -hmm. We saw they did, they did a really cute little sorting hat ceremony for the kids. There was a heavy Harry Potter. They had a whole area mm -hmm. set up with Harry Potter games and a place where you could get your picture taken with like a little backdrop mm -hmm. and... They had a, a cornhole game that looked like uh, the Quidditch rings. Mm -hmm, those were I was cute. like, I'm stealing that idea. I'm going to make that. <laughs> <laughs> Picture snap. 
And yeah, I think they did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, Harry Potter related merch on the vendors and things like that. They so. had a crazy long line for that hor- uh, sorting ceremony. Yeah, they had a sorting ceremony that was really cool. They had uh, where you could put on different house robes and take uh, pictures with Harry Potter backdrops and props. There was mm-hmm. you know like the table and chairs and stuff like that to make it look like you were sitting there. Yeah. So shout out to. Uh, the people over at uh, Fan Expo, I believe it's fanexpohq.com. You can find out where all the shows are, are coming up. It's formerly the Wizard Wizard World shows that they're they're taking over, and they're they kind of have asked us and the media to kind of get the world word out that they're not a new, they're not it's, a brand yeah. new. It's not entity. some new guy trying to take over, come in and yeah, it's build just, up. It's, it's just a different it's name World. with with an established with an established show and. You know, legitimate guests and things like the that. Core it. people, organizers are the same. So yeah, so check them out. We had a blast. Uh, we'll hopefully get to do more work with them in the future. And I think the next uh, one that is going to have us is going to be C two E two in Chicago in August because C two E two C two E two has uh, been gracious enough to have us along for uh, press credentials for that as well. So uh, I don't know, kind of, kind of uh, a big deal. Now. Kind of important. <laughs> Very popular. Like if this podcast went away tomorrow, like there would be probably dozens of people that would be mildly sad about it for about a week. Yeah. Well, Catherine would be really mad. She would just be angry. Yeah. She would skip sad and go go, to, go to angry. How dare you? Uh, so uh, how dare us mm-hmm. be gone for so long? But now we're back. Yeah, sorry, COVID. And we are still, we're going to have to uh, hustle here in order to get our, uh, fulfill our New Year's resolution of two episodes at least a month. But uh, we got one in the can here. Yep. And we'll soon be moving on to chapter two. In the can, is that more lingo? Pardon me? (laughs) (laughs) You were talking about it dropping, being podcast lingo earlier. And then you said you got it in the can. Yeah. So I asked that was more lingo. Yeah, it's more lingo for those of us who are pretty important in the podcast world. Yeah, so you know, make, you know, seven figures. I just wanted, you know, the common folk to know what that you're using. I just do the teaching business thing for fun. Lingo. This is really the, the big money generator here at the Palatial Rhino Estate. Kind of uh-huh. pays all the bills. Uh-huh. You're like, where's my check? I'm yeah. Get, I'm getting my check. Did here. I get a cut of that? Nah. Oh, okay. Nah. But we'll be back next time with Chapter 2, Harry Potter and the Order of of the Phoenix. Again, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Broomsticks.B. Email email us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Rhino. Follow Jess on Twitter at Jess Rhino, J-E-S-S-R-Y-N-O. And until next time, I need like a good like sign-off. Hmm. You have to work on that. I mean, we are starting the fifth book. You, you uh, should have a sign-off by now. Have a magical day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll see you next time. Bye. With me